We know that uh, it is sometimes a difficult path in in this ever-changing world as cultural norms change to maintain your religious views while also making sure that you observe the rights of others as their rights are expanded. And that was brought into a very clear focus with a case in East Lansing where an orchard owner who uh, sold his wares at the East Lansing Farmer's Market was denied a stall because he while welcoming all customers at his orchard, did take a hard pass on having gay weddings, same-sex weddings, at his venue. And that got him booted from the the farmer's market. Well, that has been overturned now. The city of East Lansing paying a considerable judgment for violating his rights. The attorney that argued his case uh, with the Alliance Defending Freedom joins us live this morning. He uh, is an old friend from uh, my afternoon show. John Birch joining us live as senior counsel for ADF. Good morning, John. Good morning. You and I, I think, talked in 2017 about this very case. I guess the wheels of justice do kind of grind slowly. But the Tennis family did find uh, a measure of relief from the federal judge on the west side of the state. What did the judge say? What was the final uh, fi- final verdict? It is hard to believe it's been six years since this lawsuit was filed. Uh, but at, at the end of the summer, the federal judge in this case said that the city of East Lansing violated the religious free exercise rights of Steve Tennis and his business, Country Mill, by excluding them from the East Lansing farmers market based on their Catholic understanding of marriage. And uh, that pretty much was the end of the case. And so the, the development this week was that the parties finalized a permanent injunction to make sure that Country Mill could continue serving folks at the farmer's market, and then an $825,000 award based on damages and attorney fees that the city agreed to pay. Uh, I find it interesting, John, that the tennis family will only get $41,000-ish, and then the legal fees are 783000 Yeah, well, with the damages, um, the, the tennises saw an immediate dip in their their revenue as a result of East Lansing trying to exclude them from the farmer's market and some of the bad publicity around that. But in the end, uh, they were more supported by others who were convinced either that their religious views were right or that government officials should never punish anyone because of those religious views. They, they even had you know, folks coming forward who said, I disagree with your views on marriage, but I, I disagree more with what the city did to you here. So I'm going to buy more of your apples, more of your pies, more of your donuts. Um, and so their their damages were limited to those $40,000, which is a testament to the goodwill of the community. East Lansing has um, an ordinance that um, affirms a tolerance, basically, and says that in contracting, uh, those that don't exercise tolerance will be, um, I guess, punished. Uh, what's the status of that ordinance now in this case? Or is it something that, again, it's in effect and must be challenged on a case-by-case basis? Uh, the ordinance is absolutely still in effect, but it just can't be exercised in a way that discriminates against people because of their religious beliefs. What the judge recognized was that the ordinance was chock full of exceptions that gave government officials virtually unfettered discretion to give exemptions to whomever they wanted. 
And the U.S. Supreme Court has made clear that when government bureaucrats retain that type of discretionary exemption power, mm-hmm. then they have to extend exemptions to people based on their religious beliefs unless they have a really compelling reason to do so. And they move forward in the way that most narrowly violates those rights. And that's the exact opposite of what the city did here. Um, so still enforceable, but the city can't use that to discriminate against people because of their religion. John, do you see that this case really represents the ongoing tension between religious freedom and same-sex marriage and, and that we're going to see more and more of these types of, of, of suits, even though the Supreme Court has weighed in on many of them? I think it, it is another in that line of cases, and it's just unfortunate that that tension continues to exist. Because the individuals like the, the tennises who um, want to continue to live their religious beliefs in the public square will serve anyone. That was the whole point here. The reason East Lansing got upset was because in response to a Facebook inquiry, Mr. Tennis merely stated his Catholic beliefs on marriage on a Facebook page. You know, so th- this wasn't a matter of anyone being excluded from the market. But then they used that to try to punish him. You know, it, it's the same in many of these other cases that we see where, you know, the baker or the florist or the website designer, they'll, they'll serve everyone. There are just certain messages that they can't express. And if everyone could learn to get along, which is the message that the Supreme Court keeps trying to send people, um, then there's a way to avoid these conflicts. But instead, especially government officials like those in East Lansing, they look for ways to exacerbate the conflict, to make it worse, instead of finding ways that everyone can work together. I would argue that Facebook probably makes it worse, too, because back in the day before Facebook and social <laughs> right. media, we yeah. would just go and buy some apples from these people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I completely agree. Social media has been a huge driver uh, that separates people, not just in the context of marriage beliefs, but in all kinds of things. All you have to do is look at the comment section in response to any news article on virtually any topic and just the, the toxic uh, language that's spewing from people. Uh, it's just horrible. And it used to be that when you had to interact with someone in person, like go talk to Steve Tennis about his marriage beliefs at the farmer's market in person, that promoted civil dialogue and people finding ways to compromise and, and reach common ground. Uh, but in the anonymity of social media posts, um, all of that goes to the, the side and civility breaks down. And ultimately, that has a really detrimental effect on our culture. John, what would what would you say to those who say this actually erodes civility and in some cases licenses intolerance against gays? Well, absolutely not. Again, the tennises, they serve everybody. They just want to have everyone to have a, a good time at the farmer's market and on their family farm. Um, the fact that they can't be compelled to do something that violates their religious beliefs promotes tolerance and diversity in our society. And sometimes we forget Um, in government's urge to punish religious beliefs that they don't like, Mm -hmm. that religion and churches are responsible for many of the great things that we have in our society, from hospitals to libraries to universities to foster care and adoption to care for prisoners and the homeless, um, domestic abuse shelters. All of those are outgrowths of church initiatives that eventually the government decided to support. And so when we constrain and punish religion, um, we're really punishing the very people who bring so much good to our, our society. Yeah. And, and, you know, we should point out there are those in the LGBTQ community that, that see this otherwise. But we're, we're happy for your time. We're happy that the tennises are still in business. And, uh, John, thanks, thank you for your advocacy. Oh, thank you. Always a pleasure to be on the show. All right. John Birch with the Alliance Defending Freedom.
When we come back, what would you think if a parched state wanted to divert Great Lakes water? Is it a reality? That's next.